From Washington, this is Political Theater, Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Dick. Among the stars at next month's Academy Awards ceremony will be Huntington, West Virginia, and its fire chief, Jan Rader, one of the subjects of the documentary, Heroin. That's heroin with the E in parentheses. Females been locked in the bathroom for over an hour. And they can't get to her. She's overdosed on something. Patient is unconscious. The film by West Virginian Elaine McMillan has been nominated for an Oscar in the Best Documentary Short Subject category for its portrayal of Chief Raider, Patricia Keller, a drug court judge, and Nicia Freeman of Brown Bag Ministry as they work to save their community from the ravages of the opioid epidemic. Last month, Chief Raider was West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin's guest at the State of the Union, where she spoke to lawmakers about the importance to the country of facing the crisis head-on. She joined political theater by phone from Huntington to talk about her community, the nation's response to the healthcare crisis, and what's next as she and the subjects of the documentary become national figures. Chief Raider. Hi, Chief. Uh, this is Jason Dick calling from Roll Call in Washington, D.C. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? I I hope uh, Renee and uh, over at PR Collaborative uh, prepped you for this. I'm not <laughs> catching you by surprise. Oh, no, no, no. They, they uh, informed me. Let me close the door to my office, though. Sure. Okay. Thanks for taking a little time to, uh, to talk about, uh, about yourself, about Huntington, uh, and some of the challenges it faces with the opioid crisis, and, of course, the uh, documentary, of which you are one of the co-stars. I have a little bit of history with West Virginia myself. I lived there for a couple of years, not in Huntington, but up in Doddridge. Uh, I was in AmeriCorps uh, up, up there in the early 2000s. Interest was sort of peaked with this movie um, just because it's West Virginia. And then when I saw that you were at the State of the Union, I thought this is a, a good sort of topic for, for roll call. So, Chief Raider, let's talk a little bit about how you got involved with this project. Um, the opioid crisis is, um, I mean, it, it's nationwide. But th- this is a quite a compelling story, focusing focusing on you and and two people you work with in the Huntington area, um, and and it it seemed like it started and and took on a life of its own. You were you were not yet chief when when the uh, project started, and then you you became the the fire chief in Huntington. Who approached whom? Uh, what was the history of you getting involved in this movie? Well, Lane and Curran Sheldon are actually. West Virginians, and they're independent filmmakers, and they had reached out to Jim Johnson, who was the director of the Mayor's Office of Drug Control Policy at that time, Um, and I was a part of that team. And Jim called me and said, I've talked to this young lady who would like to possibly do some filming and maybe do a project down here. She's interested in the positive things that are going on in Huntington, and I would like you to talk to her. So I was actually, you know, I've watched this uh, opioid um, epidemic unfold in front of our eyes as long as I've been a first responder, and I was, our mayor decided to, in order to deal with this problem, that we needed to be transparent and own the problem. And so we were, tra- we are transparent about what's going on here. And he put together a team to actually work on it, and I was a part of that team. <clears throat> so Elaine and her husband came down, and and I basically showed them around town and introduced them to 
all the people in Huntington that are doing wonderful things. I took her to the health department and took her to drug court to meet Judge Keller and and um, she and her husband actually did some ride-alongs with us. I see this as a problem that has the potential to bankrupt the country. It's sad when you can drive around the city and say, oh, somebody died there, somebody died there. Right you were doing so good. I lost my and shit. In fact, most of the time when they rode with us, nothing happened. So we called them our white cats and told them they could never leave. <laughs> <laughs> so after about a week, they, they already had a, a documentary that they were filming, a project that was started, and they had come down here on hiatus. So they left us to go finish that documentary, and she told me, she kept in touch, and she told me she was looking for a funding source, and she didn't know exactly what she wanted to do, but she would get back to us. So, I don't know, six six months later maybe, she called me and said, look, I found some funding through um, some sources, and it's the money is associated with making films about women making change, and I would like to focus on you, Judge Keller, and Nisha. And she asked me if I would be interested, and I said, well, um, as long as the other two women are on board, I am too. So, And I think the other two women said the same thing. So she and Curran came back and taped maybe 10 more days or so. She didn't do a lot of film. I mean, she's got a lot of footage, but uh, maybe 20 days total. Uh, but in the meantime, we became very good friends. She and Curran are wonderful people, and we're very like-minded. And uh, we had no idea what she was doing with the film. We just knew she was highlighting what we were doing. And um, we were blown away by her product and, and what she was able to put together. Uh, she's an amazing uh, filmmaker. She's very talented. She and Curran are both very talented, and I'm... Um, I feel very humbled and blessed to be a part of this this um, this amazing work. Well, and it certainly bears out. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about the, uh, I mean, maybe some of the pre-Oscar jitters uh, that everybody's feeling with the the project. But just for our listeners, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with Huntington um, just from having lived in West Virginia. But for for somebody who isn't uh, familiar, just just talk a little bit about the city. Uh, it's the it, it kind of goes back and forth between the being the biggest city and and the second biggest city in West Virginia. Correct? Yes. It is that Huntington sits on the Ohio River in an area where Ohio, Kentucky, and West Virginia meet. So it's uh, an area where a lot of people drive through to get to somewhere else. It's a beautiful town. <clears throat> it uh, has about 49,000 people in it. It sits in Cabell County, which is 96,000 people. And uh, if, if I recall right, too, I believe President Clinton launched his, uh, his train going to the Chicago uh, Convention in 1996 from Huntington. He did. I was actually at that at that um, that event, it, and it was wonderful. We're home to Marshall University, which is uh, an amazing university. They have a medical school. They have a school of pharmacy. Uh, we have two level two trauma centers here in Huntington. So um, it's uh, it's a wonderful place to live, and it's it's uh, we get a bad rap a lot, but uh, I love Huntington. Well, so when you were Senator Manchin's guest at the State of the Union uh, a couple couple weeks ago, 
Senator Manchin and the, the members of the West Virginia delegation, I would I would guess, are, are quite you know happy to have you there and and to talk about you know an issue that really is is uh, animates the state. But did you have did you have the opportunity to talk to any other members about the importance of dealing with this epidemic? Yes, I, I spoke to several other senators uh, while I was there, and you know this this is something that is affecting not only the economy of West Virginia, but it's it's affecting the economy of our country in, in many ways. So it, it's it's a, a arduous task to deal with this. We didn't get here overnight, and and it's certainly not going to be solved overnight as well. But I certainly think that in order to defeat this problem, we're going to have to think outside the box and be outside our comfort zone. What one of the uh, um statements you made in, in the documentary itself sort of struck me, that, which is that, as you, as you said earlier, Cabell County is home to 96,000 uh, people overall, and that, that it was dealing with up to $100 million in healthcare costs associated with IV drug use just in 2015. And you said that that's one small county in one small state, and it just sort of gets metastasized, you know, when you, when you think about how it spreads out from there. Yes, when we when we had a population that was suffering from substance use disorder to just pills, uh, we didn't have this excessive health care cost. IV drug use invites bacteria into the body, and you're having a lot of needles shared, so you're spreading. They're spreading hepatitis B and C, uh, HIV. We have basic skin infections, we have endocarditis, we have people in their 20s that are getting heart valve replacements from endocarditis. So we are having these really difficult to deal with healthcare issues associated with substance use disorder. And, and how many, what, are the, what are some of the most recent es estimates that you have for how many people are affected by opioids themselves in, in Cabell County and Huntington? Probably about 13, 14%. So, you know, you're talking 13, 14,000 people. And um, that's probably statewide. I don't, you know, I don't know numbers. We, we try to keep real-time numbers here in Huntington uh, as best we can. It's, uh, it's an alarming problem. The, the, the administration has proposed $10 billion in new funding for HHS. They want to build on some previous legislation to try to, to deal with addiction and as well as try to jumpstart some public-private partnerships to speed up development of new treatments for pain and addiction. Is this, is this a good start, or is it just playing catch-up? I think uh, at this point it's playing catch-up, and I, and I think we need um, a more aggressive stance on this. Uh, we, communities like Huntington, we are diligently band together working on this issue, and we can't do it without funding. Did you ever expect that you'd be in an Oscar-nominated uh, movie? <laughs> not, a, not at all. And um, I, think that, uh, I think that the importance of this documentary is the fact that it's starting necessary conversations and it's giving people a look on how difficult and in-depth this problem is. Uh, a lot of people are touched by substance use disorder or addiction, but they don't realize the magnitude of the collateral damage that is out there. And 
we have to change our mindset. We have to get rid of that stigma and change our mindset if we are going to defeat this. The President Donald Trump has, uh, I mean, he, he seems to pay a particular amount of attention to West Virginia. He's friendly with the governor. Uh, he has an actually sort of okay relationship with Joe Manchin, it seems, and, and certainly with the Republican members of the delegation. Uh, it sometimes it's phrased more in terms of, of saving coal mining jobs and so forth. But do you get any sort of indication from the administration that there is a particular attention to this issue as well? I, I think that the, there is a, a little bit of attention, but I think that um, there needs to be a lot more. And I, I hope that he would watch this documentary and maybe that would help him understand the magnitude of, of what his people are dealing with day in, day out. You know, this doesn't just affect those suffering from substance use disorder. Uh, first responders are struggling. There's a lot of PTSD. I have... I have young guys in their 20s that are seeing 40 dead bodies a year, and these are their friends that they went to high school with. So the collateral damage is huge. It's tearing families apart. So we have to address it on many levels. Have you seen in the in the last year or so since since you kind of wrapped up, you know, the the um, the, the filming of it. Have you, have you seen any changes or any concerns from the healthcare professionals about possible changes to healthcare law that might affect, uh, one way or another, positively or negatively, the the situation in your community? Uh, on a local level, yes, we have uh, the the medical community in this area is working diligently to build protocols to help deal with those suffering in in a both in a hospital setting and out in the field. So we have a lot of movement here. Um, as far as nationwide, uh, not so much, but we, we need to address that. Uh, there's a bill currently uh, in the works in West Virginia that would be detrimental uh, to first responders uh, that are dealing with this, and that is that nobody can refuse to to go to the hospital, and, and if we took everybody that we Narcan to the hospital, uh, instead of letting them make that decision whether they want to go or not, that that would that would cause some serious issues uh, on how to deal with that. The the, the ERs would be overwhelmed. Uh, we would have serious security issues. So, I think that the lawmakers on both local, state, and national level need to take a good hard look at what is actually happening on the front lines. They need to understand this before they make decisions. I should just note too that Narcan is the uh, um, sort of this is what you give somebody who is overdosed uh, and and you know it, it helps revive them, correct? Yes, on an opioid. If you overdose on an opioid, your respiratory system is suppressed and, and you can stop breathing and if that's not corrected then you die. So Narcan actually reverses that and they start breathing again and they they wake up very quickly. Obviously, you know, uh, first responders like your department are, are bearing a lot of the costs associated with with treating and, and responding, um, but the, we're also facing on a on a primary care level some cuts to pr programs like Medicaid, uh, which help uh, a, a lot of people in in uh, in West Virginia. Are you concerned about proposed cuts to the Medicaid system as well? Absolutely, Medicaid, Medicare uh, that that will be detrimental to what we are trying to do.
Chief, I'll end on a relatively positive note. Uh, do, do you, are you, uh, were you invited to the Oscars? Are you going to be making a trip to uh, Hollywood next month? Yes, I am. Uh, all three of us that were featured in the documentary get to go, and I just bought a dress for that, and uh, so it's, it's exciting. Well, thank you so much for taking a little time to talk to, uh, to Roll Call and Political Theater, and uh, we'll look for you on the red carpet. Thank you, sir. If you're interested in seeing this really compelling documentary, it's available on Netflix. That's heroin with an E in parentheses. And you can always tune in to the Oscars next month to see what happens there. I want to thank Chief Jan Rader for joining us on Political Theater. I'm Jason Dick. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One. And please rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter at CQNow or at RollCall. Thank you for listening. 